0: I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, our personal finance coach. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelopes on the question. America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Ashley. Thank you, Queen, for being with me. In the saddle, if you will, Uh, I think this is your first time as our guest co-host, you have been a guest on the show before, but if you will, say hello to all the truth seekers out there listening, and if you will, give a little bit of your background, but thank you for being my guest co-host this morning. Go ahead, Queen.
1: Thanks, Montoya. Hey, everybody. My name is Ashley Thomas. Um, I call myself a personal finance coach. I've been helping people with their personal finances since about 2009 or so. Um, In my nine-to-five, I'm a relationship manager for 401K plans. Um, I assist them with making sure that the plans are functioning correctly, audits compliance, and all of that jazz, and I'm so excited to be here today.
0: Uh, Glad to have you. Let's get our guest introduced. We're actually going to start with our new guest, uh, Jack Ponte. Thank you uh, for being with us, if you will. Uh, Give a little bit of your background. Say hello to the Truth Seekers and um, we'll get this thing started this morning before we let the cat out of the bag on this morning's discussion questions. but thank you for being with us, Jack. No problem, man. Uh,
2: good morning, everybody. Um, I'm an old guy who lives in New Jersey. I spent 40 years in the music business, uh, wearing various hats, songwriter, producer, manager, consultant, blah, 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 blah. Was blessed and fortunate, sold about 150 million records from 1986 on. I knew it was a transient job. And I wanted to manage my own money, so I learned how to trade in the early 80s, consistently have done so, uh, managing a family trust and my own personal money, and now I have
0: 24 traders under me on a daily basis. Hey, love it. Glad to have you on. You are a perfect guest for this morning's discussion question. But before we, once again, let the cat out the bag, we have a returning guest, one of our frequent guests, uh, Michael Sutler. Uh, thank you for being with us this morning. Um, if you will, same thing, give a little bit of your background and say hello to the truth seekers. Thank you for being with us once again, Michael.
3: Uh, no problem, man. Uh, first of all, i got to stop for a second. That is the Jack uh, Like, like I'm, I'm sitting over here wilding out for a second because I was like, yo, I was wondering, that's the guy in the music industry, and no doubt. So this is a special, um, <laughs> you know, missed dialogue. But for me, you guys already know me for the most part. Um, a scientist, rocket scientist type guy, you know, who did the whole like you Air Force Academy thing. But I dove out of that sort of being, a, I guess you say, an unusual thing and uh, becoming a trader just by interest. i noticed how um, pretty much the world of finance is particularly looking at, uh, security price movements looked a lot like what I was seeing in radar models and I kind of put the two worlds together and ended up leaving um, but not before starting a small D C A which I run now, NC Capital Management, been doing it for years but I went full time in 2015 and since then I've expanded out and um, I'm pretty much taken my breath across the world of finance and just last yeah I guess it's last year uh, dipped my head into the world of uh, financial education uh, simply from being annoyed at seeing a lot of misinformation the out there, so I kind of stuck my head, stuck my head and say, "Well, I think I can do this too." So, uh, yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell.
0: Hey, I love it. You you always humble with it, if you will. And so, um, if you ever heard that statement, "The show must go on," um, well, just so everybody know, we got Michael trying to watch his kids by himself. We got Ashley a little bit under the weather. <laughs> so just kind of letting everybody know if they hear a little background if a background noise for this show, just understand they fighting through for us. So uh, I actually appreciate them all being on for this morning's discussion question. The GameStop Revolution, who won the have or have nots? Uh, we'll remind y'all, if you know you got something in the background, try to mute yourselves, and we'll just fight through the mutant on, mutant on, and mutant So. Um, Somebody's kind of rattling in the background. So, again, just try to um, keep in mind when I call your name, I will call your name. You can come off mute at that point. So we're going to try to make the best of it with the background noise. But, again, to get started with this morning's discussion question, I have a unique way that I always start the show. And so, Ashley, we will start with you as being a special guest co-host. And it's pretty simple. Um, When you hear the question, worded the way it is, the GameStop revolution, who won the have or have nots? Can you recall the first thing that came to mind when you saw the discussion question this morning? Just your first thought. Not, Don't go too in-depth. Too in just literally just the first thing that came to mind when you heard the question.
1: Um, I honestly don't think that anyone won. in my personal opinion. Um, I think
0: it's still a pop-up right now. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. And, uh, Michael, I'll actually – um, you know, you actually, just to highlight this, you actually wrote an a article that we'll be highlighting today called "Game Stopped, Free Markets, Free Commissions, and Other Lies You Love. Uh, we'll dig into that uh, that article a little later today. Uh, but what was your first thought when you saw, you know, I asked you to come on the show at the time. I hadn't told you the title. Uh, but when you finally saw right. me title it this way, what was your first thought that came to
3: your mind? I mean, who won is always who who wins. I mean, to me, House always wins, and that's kind of the whole, like, I see this as being business as usual. Uh, it just got a lot more media hype. You just saw kind of a blip on the radar. Now, there's some other implications, I think, that can be moved upon, you know, but it's House, house wins, <laughs> you know. Big big business, big big hedge fund, big industry <coughs> always wins because that's how the game is set up. So, yeah, that's my All right,
0: Fair enough. Again, just get it. No, absolutely. Just the initial thought, because we do have a break that we're going to go to, and when we come out of the break, we'll get in-depth with this morning's discussion. Same thing for you, Jack, if you will. In um, hearing the question, worded the way it is, can you give me your first initial thought, again, without going too in-depth, we'll go to a commercial, and then we'll get deeper into this morning's discussion. Go ahead, Jack. Uh,
2: my first thought was, was comedy, absolutely, and it still is comedy. Um, a <laughs> tremendous amount of people won, both on the retail side Um, On the family office side And on the fund side, believe it or not I know a tremendous amount of funds That were long and and pulling the squeeze I know family offices That were jamming in on the squeeze I know somebody who was a million shares long At $10 knowing it was going to squeeze Um, But it exposed It exposed the fraud that Robin Hood is Because all Robin Hood is Is a B-book, that's all it is Um, Unfortunately Where there's Vultures, there's prey And retail traders shouldn't be trading. Um, They're gambling, and they're taking advantage of every single day. Um, They weren't taken advantage of by Robin Hood in this
0: situation. They were
2: taken advantage
0: by their own people. Oh, sounds good. Again, those are the initial thoughts. We're going to go to a quick break, and we're going to get deeper into this morning's discussion, the GameStop revolution, who won the have or have nots. So if you are an investor out there or a retail investor, whatever the case may be, hopefully you will learn a lot from this morning's discussion, and we will eventually open up the phone lines a little later in the show. But today we're going to start with our experts and just kind of dig in and and figure out what we can learn. So um, if you will, um, just a quick reminder... Uh, Michael, you know this already. Uh, We'll play a commercial. I'll have some cuts. The cuts this morning are going to come from um, Cigar Inieti. I think I'm saying his name correctly. Um, It's just just how he was highlighting it in the media. So we're going to hear kind of what the media is saying, and then we're going to have hopefully our experts kind of break down their versions of of what they saw this GameStop, quote-unquote, revolution as. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year, or do you wait until the end of the year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth. Not only effective tax strategy, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank finance. Basically all the things you need but have kept putting off. But those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the Rescue. Contact them at 770 545 2145 Run. Again, 770 545
4: 145 let them save you from
5: yourself
4: it starts with gamestop yes you heard me right gamestop that store that you probably haven't been to in like a decade now the story of gamestop and its recent market actions is itself a tale of corruption within the wall street elite and how a band of mostly young underemployed and spiteful millennials banded together to make them pay a real price for the first time in decades Major Wall Street institutions like Melvin Capital, which is managed by Gabe Plotkin, took out huge short positions on GameStop stock. They were joined by analysts like Andrew Left of Citron Research in taking the public position that GameStop stock would go down. Now this is a classic Wall Street maneuver take a short position, you and many others in the financial in-circle all say publicly the stock is going to go down, which causes people who care about what they do to sell. The stock goes down, they make a lot of money. Well, now they've been literally doing this for years. But then a merry band of people on Reddit, they took notice on a subreddit, it's called Wall Street WallStreetBets. It has 2.2 million traders. And they said, you know what? Hold on a second. A user in April 2020 took notice that 84% of all GameStop stock at the time was held in short, a massive bet for no discernible reason. That Reddit user implored others to buy the stock and to instruct their own brokers not to allow their shares to be lent towards short positions of short sellers. This alone caused the stock to soar by nearly 50% in a single day, which as Bloomberg notes was the biggest gain in 18 years of the company history. But this is where things get really crazy. Slowly, other Redditors began to realize that by banding together, they could do two things. First, that their power in numbers combined with the power of trading platforms like Robinhood could enable them to act together. And two, that by pushing the stock up collectively, they could make more money and screw over major heavy hitters on Wall Street. Two.
0: Welcome back to the Vincent Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, our special guests Jack Ponte and Michael Sutler. Uh, two well-versed investors with a long history of understanding this market as we hear, uh, again, Sagar Inetti. I hope I'm saying his name correctly, uh, break down what, he, in a sense, the media's view of what happened with GameStop. Uh, Jack, I'm actually going to start with you. Again, you said this is a pure comedy, um, and I know a little bit of our back and forth. You just kind of mentioned that the media is painting this as a, a, a David versus Goliath type thing, and you didn't quite see it that way. So um, if you will, uh, we again, we hear what the media is saying. Myself as a layman, if I didn't know any better, I would just take the maybe the media in this area at face value, and you say that's not what this is at all. So um, if you will, give us your three cents uh, on that clip. If you will I mean we know the job of the media right Historically in anything
2: Is to get people to eyeball what they're saying Uh, The Davy Goliath story Is really compelling and interesting It makes everybody excited There's There was way too much firepower In this squeeze To have been generated solely From Reddit people on a Robin Hood app It's just not possible mathematically Um, I would guess that the average account of a Robinhood user is probably between fifteen hundred, maybe max out ten grand, maybe. But I know people and myself who were long in the squeeze, jamming some serious volume. Uh, that led to this. You know, in this situation, nobody has a favored nations clause. If one fund sees another fund in trouble, they're not going to run after them and help them.
5: They're going to try to bury them. You
2: better believe that there were funds that were long There were home offices Family offices that were long There were home based high net worth individuals That were long um, I was long uh, I know a lot of people who were long But to say that it was just A group of Socially active Reddit average retail guys Right Is a lot sexier mm-hmm. Than saying mm-hmm. there was a squeeze Go back and do your historical research. Look at the Volkswagen squeeze, which is like the mother of all squeezes. Um, I make a lot of money off of squeeze. I made money off of the squeeze last night. Uh, we squeezed OCGN. I knew it was going to go. I got in at 450. Um, last I looked, it was like 8:75 or 850 in after hours. I'll see if there's a pop on Monday. There are squeezes every day of the week because the reason is, all these Twitter, stock guru gods, um, which everybody follows and joins their chat rooms and all this kind of bullshit, right? I'm, I don't know
0: if I can say that on there. Um, no, you're good. We, we, we keep it raw on this show. You're fine. Keep it yeah, going, I mean,
2: all, all, all they do is they know how to short, because these guys were OTC cowboys before there was any OTC regs, and back in the day on the OTC, it was all newsletter pumps and, and straight pumps off the news. So your rule was go long day one, sell day two, short day three. None of them learned how to trade, and they created a whole generation of shorters. And these shorters get burned every single day of the week. Retail shorts are buried on a daily basis. The problem with Robinhood is that came along and really promoted itself. It's, hey, you can trade without commissions, blah, 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 blah. All Robin Hood is a B-book. That's all it is. Um, they had, they didn't go cover Wall Street on this. They covered themselves because they had liquidity issues. They just couldn't find themselves in the situation to come up with the money that was called into cover. So it wasn't, oh, Wall Street and Robin Hood has destroyed retail's dreams. No, the NSCC asked for a deposit of $3 billion from Robin Hood. To cover their security They didn't have the money <laughs> Simple as that Because they're just nothing but a B-book And if you've traded For you a B-book You've already got a problem Because they're going to bet against you anyway You know when, when you open up an yeah, account, a lot. Right You either put on the A-book mm-hmm. Or the B-book Very very simple as that It's just a B-book machine so it's not David versus Goliath Oh my god they took down Wall Street Everybody took down Melvin Including other funds Like I said I know somebody who was a million long
5: You <laughs> know He certainly
0: isn't on Reddit wow. Now you're saying a lot there uh, Michael you know I always Pride you as um, The person who kind of can take Your world and make it Simple language for the rest of us and so, uh, as Jack kind of just breaks it down specifically and gives his perspective, uh, you know, and not you and I dialogue, and I don't think you disagree with anything that maybe he's saying. Um, however, I'm going to put you on the task just to kind of uh, uh, layman language a couple of things that he said just so that this dialogue continues and, you know, in a sense, makes sense for people like make sense for people like myself and others who may not understand some of the terminology. So if you will, um I know you have your thoughts on it, but I'm gonna have you again just give some descriptions here. Um the concept of being long, if you will, Michael, just your, your version of how you know what that how to make that make sense for, you know, maybe someone who's who's not an investor or maybe a retail investor at this point. Um just kinda talk about the, the, the long um uh, in you know just a few of the terms that he talked about and then give your take and um ask any questions you have. We'll go to you after that. Go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry, Michael, let me bring you live, brother. i had you. Me, yeah, go
3: ahead. You are, yeah. You're live now. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, bring, bring my mic on. <laughs> but, no, uh, the <laughs> the main thing I heard, you know, that I, that I really just like that term that I'm definitely going to come back to after the long, short stuff, is what Jack just brought up about A-book and B-book. You know, mm-hmm. my world is pretty much the world of uh, derivatives. Like, he talking about OTC Cowboys, with the exception that I'll say that I'm slightly a few generations uh, and outside of the industry, so I didn't really come in with that knowledge. I came in uh, knowing how to operate, really from a quantitative basis. So, you know, just jumping in on, on momentum or things of that nature was not really my thing. I, I look at it from sort of systematic or mathematical way. But that being said, just to talk about long, long is just a simple word for buy. If you if you, if he says, hey, I know somebody that was long, you know, a million shares at some price, that means that person was buying that many shares of that security at that price. And the opposite of loan is actually short. You know, somebody who's actually has borrowed some shares and selling that shares. It's not to close a transaction, but it's just to go in the opposite direction, betting that the security is going to go down in price. Now, again, uh, I guess, I guess the, the big thing for me, though, in this conversation that I just picked up on is, again, it's, it's a nomenclature A book versus B book. I really haven't really thought about A-book and B-book in terms of securities, but that's a big thing in the world of derivatives, in the world of OTC markets, where, just to keep it simple, the A-book is what's the straight-through processing. It's basically the orders that go directly to the market to be cleared. Uh, they're considered to be the, the winners. These are, these are the traders that know what they're doing, that are going to pay for uh, pay the premiums to actually trade and get in the market and get it to do what they do as fast as possible. The B-book at least in OTC and, uh, you know, decentralized markets, and I guess so in, in this world, too, this, uh, this payment for water world, too, that we see in security, it's the same thing. It's the B-book often called, like, the bad book or the loser's book because it's the, it's a the trade that, it's a trash trade that the broker often takes the other side of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or if they do turn out to be winners, then they can clear them out through another means. And so what I hear Jack saying is that a lot of the retail trader trades here are B-Book trades, and that's pretty much what you're seeing here is the accumulation of B-Book trades here in, in, in Robinhood. So, and, Jack, you correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I think I hear you're saying. Other than Robinhood, is, a Robinhood,
2: is stri- Robinhood is strictly a, a, a B-Book. Yes. Strictly. Um, and even some of the things that they did that everybody went up in arms about, they don't understand. I mean, I trade through GS. I trade through Center, Center Point, I also trade through Z. There's many a times... That they'll say, you know, I'll go to put an order in Because they have to call the broker And you call up and say, what are you doing? And they say, well, you know, it's a high volatility stock We're protecting you I say, go fuck yourself, you're not going to protect me Take right, the restrictions right. off Take the restriction off my account But that, this, isn't the, this happens on a daily basis See, all these things that the news media is saying Oh my God, this is unique to this situation First of all, if you're trading through a B-book you've already, You're already lost You're already going to lose money That's number one Right. No question about it. Number two, if it's a high volatility stock, they will restrict it unless you tell them to take the restrictions off. Now, if this wasn't a liquidity issue with Robinhood, which it was, right, all they had to do is increase, either cut off margin completely, right, on these stocks, or make you have 100% of your account. In other words, if you're buying the stock for a dollar, you need to have two dollars in your account, right? Right. That's all that's all they had to do to protect that flow. But because they had a, somebody called in and said, Listen, you owe us three billion dollars to keep your lights on today. Um, you're in a volatile position, they had to stop the trading. That's exactly what happened with Robinhood because they're a garbage trash B book to begin with. And, you know, even the things they've done, you've seen them do it They promote these millennial stocks, right? It's like, join Robinhood and you can trade, you know, I don't know, Airbnb or, or, you know, whatever And then all these poor retail people who just want to make a few bucks to pay their, you know, rent Jump in and try to do it And these stocks are garbage You you shouldn't be going long on any of these stocks Um, Robinhood is set up as a B-book That's what it is you know, the whole Citadel connection, they're actually just acting as their market maker plus pet paying them for flow data. But everybody's paying everybody else for flow data, right? Because all retail can look at is level two. Everybody else is right. looking at level three. At level three, the entire book is in front of you. You know what the orders are. You know what the orders aren't. So they're just, everybody exchanges all three books. You know, that's the whole thing. The media, like I said... Has played this and said, "Oh my God, look at retail. Mm-hmm. Hey, the, Davey has beaten right. Goliath finally." But all the right. things that have happened here, whether it's a squeeze, whether it's a restriction on high volatility stocks, you know, regardless of anything that's happened here, happens every single day in the stock market. Every single day. But the news doesn't uh, look you right. Thank you for that
0: clear sh- explanation. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done, Jack. I'm sorry. Um, but no. And by the way, I, I read I your paper walk. and
2: I thought I thought I thought the paper you wrote was actually brilliant. So you know, big kudos on that. Um, uh, but they, but they don't they don't understand. You know, all stock trading is, regardless of how manipulated it is, right? Is it supply demand, support, resistance, yes. compression, release, and time. When you, you understand the science of it. You can win every single day. When you don't understand the science of it and you're jumping in with a Robin Hood app trying to get lucky, you're going to get slaughtered. Now, if this thing was all... Theoretically, right? The momentum stopped in GME. But who got left holding the bag? All the Reddit people who bought in the 400s, 500s, 300s, 200s, 100s. So if everybody had the big army... They would continue jamming the squeeze right, because right. it's still squeezable. <laughs> and instead, but they're not able
0: to because of the, no, yeah, the portion. Because they to don't have now. the
2: juice to do it.
0: And all the funds no, cleared out. Let me, let, me, let me jump in real quick, if you don't mind. And I want to get Ashley in here. Love it. Um, again, I know she's under the weather. But I want, her as a personal finance coach, I'm very interested, as she kind of hear you break down specifically what's going on here. Um, I, you know, And I've talked to her, Ashley, I've talked to you enough to know, um, you, you know, you're real pretty wise at telling people not to, from what I understand, to jump at stuff like this, I, you know, just from the, some of the dialogues we've had. But as you hear Jack and Michael kind of break this down, kind of where you, where do you land, Ashley, or what do you have a question or just kind of just dialogue from your standpoint as a personal finance coach trying to walk, walk people individually through how to be better with their money? Go ahead. Go ahead, sister. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I think my standpoint from it all was that by the time most people realized what was going on with the stock, I mean, it was already too late at that point. And and kind of like how I felt about it was, you know, everybody was trying to jump in and get on the bandwagon, which, you know, I I understand people want to make a quick dollar, um, but – a lot of times, like, people aren't prepared to take advantage of these types of situations, right? Just financially, um, they are taking a huge gamble. I mean, I saw some of the thread where people were talking about they put in their entire retirement savings. Like, why the fuck would you do that, right? Like, that's so risky. Um, and then, you know, when you have people talking about. Um, what, what are you going to do with it? Are you really looking at the whole picture financially about what's going on? Most people aren't. You know, it's great if you're aggressive and you have the money to lose, but most investors... Um, are not sophisticated enough to know what's going on. You know, when I heard they're like buy, 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 and I'm like, well, who's gonna who's gonna determine when you're going to sell to try to make the money back from your investment? Because all it takes is for someone to say sell, and people are going to be out of their money because those orders are going to go in quickly um, had they actually let them go through. So for me, my standpoint was like, are you really prepared to make this type of investment? Are you really comfortable with this type of risk that you're taking? And you you can tell from the responses that people have put online that they're not, right? Like people were really upset when the price declined um, on the stocks, even when you're talking about, you know, how they pushed it for AMC, right? Like the price shot up um, and now it's declined and people are losing money and they're really upset about it. But that's the gamble that you're taking when you do something like this and people don't look at the whole picture. Is this something that I can afford to do? What is the long-term um that's going to come from this action. So for me, it was kind of like, oh, you know, I I was already long in the position. uh, But for me, it's like, what could you really afford to get into this? And a lot of people don't take it from that approach. It's just like, this is media hype. Let me jump in there talking about it. But it may not even fit, you know, your investor profile, what you actually need to be investing in. Um, And people really need to take that into account before they even get into buying the stock before they even, you know, determine that they want to start doing trading. Like how much can you afford to continue to invest? Is this a long-term thing that you're trying to do? What is this money going for? Right? And people aren't considering that when they get in on these heights.
0: That's why they need people like you, Ashley. We're actually up against the break, Jack. Um, I know I only had you for 30 minutes. I was, I'm going to see if I can... You know, no, I'll chill a little bit more if you want. I'll hang a little bit more. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So, yeah, because I got to cut this cut. I definitely want to hear your thoughts on the cuts, and then I'll let you know this as well just to keep you uh, free of your time. We'll... we'll a very loose show as far as this goes you can just let me know when you need to go it could be all of a sudden so we're just going to keep you on until you say you got to go I know Michael and Ashley are with me for the two hours for the callers out there we're going to eventually open up the phone lines and let y'all in as well we're just trying to get a full background this is another cut um, from uh, Sega Inetti and so I wanted to get all three of y'all thoughts on this cut um, so this is a little bit longer so we'll break down, listen to this and then we'll get to the phone lines after
4: that we'll be right back All I ask is that you think. To be clear, this is all speculative and gambling, and it's bad. But a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. But if this entire thing is a scheme, and it's all made up anyways, then why shouldn't the little guys make some of the money instead of the Titans? And that's what happened here. Soon, GameStop stock was up and eye-popping 1,100%. Right now, as I'm giving this monologue, the stock trades around $280 a share. Less than two weeks ago, it was $20. A few Redditors got rich. A few more are definitely going to get scammed. But what's really beautiful is who lost out. Melvin Capital, who is backed by some of the biggest guys on Wall Street, needed a 2.575 billion cash injection yesterday after losing billions on the stock, they declined a full 15% in just the first few weeks of the year. That's right, a bunch of people on Reddit with Robinhood accounts delivered a body blow to one of the biggest speculators on the street. You just love to see it. But apparently, I'm the only guy in media who does like to see it, because over on the financial news channels, they are losing their minds. In fact, since I actually don't watch too much financial news, I saw Jim Cramer, of all people, who's making sense, after an analyst on CNBC accused Redditors of possible illegal collusion and then suggested with a straight face it might be foreign powers at work manipulating our markets. I'm serious. Take a listen. What kind of case do they have? We like the stock. We like the stock. I mean, that's, that's the with Ryan Cohen got in. He bought 15% at $8. He's on the board. We like the stock. How is that bad? Or do you think that they're concentrated and doing some sort of manipulation if they say they like the stock?
2: Well, I don't know if they're concentrated because I don't have subpoena power and I can't really go well, out and look at it. that's been your I don't problem. Know, I, I, can, <laughs> I can argue I don't even know if there are foreign powers that work here behind scenes it. trying to make chaos up our markets.
4: Is there something in the water with these people? They have to blame Russia when something happens that they don't like? But what really you just witnessed is that when regular people do what the billionaires do, then they start crying about crimes, they want the SEC involved, they want to know if it's illegal when the little guy does what they do in a less highbrow version and without a suit on. That's what's at play here. Wall Street is shook because multi-billionaires who recklessly gambled on a stock are getting screwed. They're targeting average retail investors for having some fun online because it reveals just how much of a sham that this all is. People are referring to stocks that Redditors are buying, like Palantir and Blackberry and Nokia and GameStop, as meme stocks, with the idea that their value is being memed into existence. But let me put on my Morpheus glasses and say this. What if I told you that many of the most valuable stocks on Wall Street are just as much, if not more so, of a joke and a meme? It's just that the people doing the memeing in their case has nothing to do with the normal people who are buying them.
0: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, Cheese, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, the GameStop Revolution, who won the have or have nots? Our special guest, Michael Sutler, as well as Jack Plenty. I mean, what I think I've learned in the first half hour, I now clearly understand how to read through uh, what a Sega Asega just mentioned from the standpoint of it's all BS to think that these retailers were the one that drove this, uh, as, as now I understand, the big players were obviously in on this thing, and they were in a sense the biggest drivers, but, ha- but the media is highlighting the retailers who, who so almost so happen to get lucky to be in on it, and, um, and they're just driving that point when the reality is they don't have the numbers to have driven this situation to what it is, is what I've come to understand. Um, but Michael, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, just in hearing that cut, and it was the last thing that he said that um, that, that that stood out most to me again, just kind of moving away from this idealistic view that the retailers were able to drive this. If if we're already off of that, I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time now saying that that it wasn't that, uh, but we definitely want to talk about what it was and uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that cut, uh, Michael? Let me bring you live on the mic. All right, go ahead, brother.
3: Well, you know, the one thing that always stands out to me is that how much I absolutely abhor listening to that type of media and you would think that oh now you know you're i've been trading and again one thing i want to make a couple points here i'm a trader and an investor like i know you know just from listening to jack he also is but i want to make a distinction a delineation between the art that is trading and what investing is even though these are words that are you know thrown around i mean it's just like a lot of other words like the word investment itself The two functions are completely different. They're so distinctly different to me in function and form that a lot of the Robin Hood traders, a lot of the retail traders, and again, this is me saying, hey, in 2005 when I started, I was as retail as it came because I didn't know what I didn't know. The only distinction is over the next 16 years, I've spent pretty much uh, my career now trying to learn what I don't know and to guard myself and my finances from the things that – the risks, basically. Because we – to the to that point, yes, it is speculative. Yes, it is gambling, especially not without a basis. And a lot of the, the – uh, I guess you could say like the Reddit clouds or what, like we call them stonk monkeys and things like that nature. It's not so much like I thought uh, Scott Gill's research on uh, GameStop was you know, commendable, but the people that followed him in just because he made a recommendation or people that followed him in just because this was a thing to do or it was a statement were largely misguided. And sort of like J- Jack mentioned earlier, the market itself is a competitive environment. You can come in like a gambler, you can come in like a speculator, come in to make a few quick bucks to pay rent, but if you're not willing to actually perform, if you're not really prepared to perform, and you haven't learned enough, and don't understand of who or what, like Jack's saying, what you're competing against, that the odds are already against you when you first start, you have almost a zero. It's not zero, because again, I've progressed from retail trading into a... I can say institution institutional life status. You know, again, you got a few million, a few million to trade again. Where I, I know where I started, but that progression has been that a, a very performance-driven, very learning-driven. And I've had to do a lot of things that, if I really were to break it down, most people would say, look at what they're doing and look at what I'm doing. And even if I was to look at what Jack and his 24 trades are doing. There is something to learn at every progression there, that, and you'll see that the worlds are completely different. Even choosing the right broker has an outcome on what you do, but if you're attracted to something that you think you're going to get in for free, like I did when I first started, you're going to be miserably disappointed. You may get lucky once or twice. I mean, there's statistical outliers, especially in this market. I mean, in, in financial markets, volatility, the environment is one that pretty much brings up. Um, unexpected events, but you get them both positively outliers. and negatively. you know. So yeah, there's there's tons I of outliers. This. this, yeah, that's that's the world. I make this. Let's but how, right. how many retail investors start start there? You know.
0: Right, absolutely, um, Jack. Your thoughts?
2: Uh, first of all, whoever the guy who's giving the soundbite to us, he needs to smoke a fatty and just relax a little bit. Um, <laughs> Secondly, uh, a lot of what Michael said is 1,000% spot on. Here's your first situation. Stock trading, especially with the advent of the pandemic, everybody was home. In the beginning of the pandemic, there were no sports, if we remember, right? So all your degenerate sports gamblers, you know, and, all, and also because of Dave Portnoy, just started jerking in, in the stock market without a clue. Yes. I tell, I tell my traders real simple. You want to be a doctor? You got to go to med school. You want to be a lawyer? You got to go to law school. What the fuck makes you think you could be a professional trader in three weeks? Yes. You got to study this. That's number one. But here's the entire point that I feel you have tremendous amounts of shorts left in GME, and a tremendous amount of naked shorts. If this was powered by mom and pop retail, where's the squeeze? The squeeze doesn't have the same velocity because all the high nets, all the family offices, all the funds already made their money, and we're gone. We're not going to play this anymore. So if it could be driven by mom and pop, you know, you're talking there are tons of naked shorts in here as well, which are the most vulnerable to get hit. Why isn't the squeeze continuing?
0: The squeeze just stopped. Makes sense.
2: And it's not just because Robin Hood pulled the plug. Because that could have been just, you know, a yield sign, right? Okay, stop for a minute. Okay, we're back in. Let's get back to work and jam this. The squeeze stopped because all the big money, you know, this is where Melvin made their mistake. They should have covered. Instead yes. of covering at four yes. bucks, they decided, oh, let's cover it a dollar, right? Let's just keep going. Again, every day of the week we have this problem. And what people don't understand, retail doesn't understand, is HFTs, high-frequency traders, have now plugged into these garbage stocks. You know, they're not just trading, you know, Apple. They're not just trading Tesla. They're trading garbage retail stock, right? So you see (coughs) 300 million volume, 400 million volume. That's not retail churn in the float. That's an ATT churn. Like I said, OCN last night, ridiculous amounts of volume. $329 329 million, 340 million, something like that. The news is garbage. The stock is garbage. The shorts, which are all retail, decided to get cute and go short, and they got hammered in a squeeze because the HFT algo can recognize it. There's multiple yep. algos. They play off well, If I had more maximals, you know, different mathematical formulas, they recognize the situation. And, the, and you're not going to fight an HFT if it decides to jam you on a squeeze. Now, all the cute shorts in OCGN are burned because they underestimated the power of the algo to come and churn them. This is every day in the stock market. Um, and I used to feel guilty about it. You know, I used to feel really guilty. And then my position was, <laughs> too, if you don't want to be educated, I will gladly take your money. It's your fault. Absolutely. So you know, so now we've got the OCGN squeeze of yesterday. <laughs> we had a magnificent squeeze. That's not written about anywhere.
5: That's mm-hmm. not written
2: about in in the news media. Oh, look at this. you know it's it's and again, my entire no matter what argument you want to bring me on GME and tell me that it was the little guy smacking the shit out of Wall Street. Where's the continuation of the fucking squeeze? Because the
0: stock is shorted to hell, including naked shorts. Where is it? And that would be the that makes sense. And that would be the proof. Um Ashley, let me get Ashley in here before we go to the next break. Um again as you hear them breaking this down in detail. Um what are your thoughts on this, Queen? Go ahead. I'm sorry, Queen, I gotta get you live. All right, you, all right go all right, I got you live. Go ahead, Queen.
1: <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you know, I, I'm wondering where you all think um, investors should go to start their knowledge, right? Like, I, I love situations like this because it kind of gets the fire going for people that are genuinely interested in starting trading. So um, where do you think people could start with the knowledge um, or getting the knowledge to be more proficient in trading or investing?
2: I'll tell you
0: where not to go. Uh, Michael, don't I go was, on I'm Twitter. Let, don't I'm go in the chat room. I'll let Michael jump let in let on Jack have because it. he's – Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 let Jack let have Jack it first have because it. I heard, heard him saying
3: something I was going to okay, agree with and I'll follow my up. My <laughs> up. <laughs> I, I'll let y'all do it. I'll tell you where not
2: to go. We Don't don't go on Twitter. Don't
0: go in any – How about this? We actually got a break we got to do. So what we're going to do is let's do the break and then come out of the break answering Ashley's question. How about that? There's going to be okay. another cut, too, that'll start us about the regulation stuff that supposedly is going to come down. Um, but we'll answer Ashley's questions out of the break, and we will um, get to the regulation. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think.
5: Hey. Where
6: did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that.
0: Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right?
6: Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh?
0: That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit and what I like the most It's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out.
6: If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
0: Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour.
6: I like those. What's their IG?
0: At moneymotivation.co.
6: But do they have any ladies gear?
0: Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like
5: money. Everywhere I go, everywhere I I don't even
0: talk, talk, because I look like
4: money, male like money. I wanted to make sure I could pull this too. CNBC, Squawk Box, had the gall to have on the CEO of the NASDAQ, the trading platform, so in which they were calling for more regulation when's the last time that you saw the head of a trading platform call for more regulation let's take a listen I'm serious I want you guys to see this
7: one of the things that we're talking about is m- maybe misinformation and and uh, pump and dumps then it's occurring on social media again it's just uh, I, I'm wondering whether it's part of the same problem the type of regulation that that uh, that we finally need to uh, to consider and like I said I, we should always have a light touch with regulation but you're, you're seeing the way things can get started. Again, this is different. Maybe it's Reddit. Maybe it's not Facebook. But you're seeing the, 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 the same situation. The, 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 at this point, it's not about an election. It's not about a, uh, an insurrection. But there are interesting things happening that, that seem to be spawned to some extent or at least uh, at least blown out of proportion by social media again. Adina.
1: Well, I, I do think, though, that as we look at these new technologies that are there available to everyone, including investors, I, I think it's also important for regulators to understand that you know, manipulation is manipulation, whether it's happening through a new technology medium or it's happening through traditional mail. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of making sure that we understand what the behavior is, what's underpinning the behavior, and working appropriately with the regulators to, to, uh, to manage the situation. Oh, oh yeah, now they want regulation. Gosh. They
4: can let high...
0: Welcome back to the of Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, personal finance coach. This morning's discussion question, the GameStop revolution, who won the have of have not? Our special guests are decade-long plus more traders, uh, Jack Punti as well as Michael Sutler. Um, Ashley asked a brilliant question uh, prior to the break, just the idea of where do people start that are now possibly more interested in doing this. Jack, I'm um, sorry I was kind of jumping in there. You can kind of um, respond to her now, and then we'll go to Michael uh, in that response. Then we'll open up the phone lines for my callers that are out there. If you're trying to get in, callers, you do need to press 1. If you have a question or want to give us your three cents on this morning's discussion, please press 1 if you're on the phone lines. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, it's 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You have to press 1 if you want to speak. All right, go ahead, Jack. Thanks again for being with us this morning.
5: Got
0: to bring them live. Sorry about that. All right, Jack, you you're live go now. T- go ahead.
2: Okay. In answering Ashley's question, you don't go to Twitter. You don't go to chat rooms. Think of it this way. You know, when people see these, learn how to make hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate. We're having a seminar. Join up. Who in their right mind who made $100 million in real estate is going to sit in a conference room in a Holiday Inn in fucking Wisconsin on a Saturday night. Bullshit. Would you go to a toothless dentist? No. Same situation. You've got to learn this from the ground floor up. There's a science. There's an art. There's a methodology. It takes a very, very long time to learn what you're doing. Anybody who's offering to sell you services are suspect immediately
5: Because if I have to
2: sell you services, that means I need your income. I know one chat room where they're pulling in about $2.5 million a year just on subscription fees. They don't have to trade at all. They're making a couple million a year promising you the keys to the kingdom. Just just think about it from a logical perspective. And the same thing, I say this, and Ashley, I don't mean this directed at you. Please don't take the insult. When people say, I have a money guy, the first thing you should ask your money guy is, can I see your tax return? Because if you're making more money than your money guy, you probably shouldn't trust him with your money, right? It's the same scenario. Everything looks sexy. Everything looks wonderful. Everybody, Listen, I had a dream. I grew up on welfare and food stamps and government cheese. But nobody taught me my dream. Right? I mean, it's the same situation. In any, in any industry, like when you're in the mall, somebody runs up to you and says, oh, my God, your kid's so beautiful, should be a model, and they sell you the photography package. I mean, all these things are the same adjunct as the cottage industry of stock trading. And Michael was right. You get lucky once, it's just like going to a casino, man. You know, my father used to tell me, first time you gamble's for fun, every time after that's for revenge. All it takes is one lucky win, <clears throat> and you're hooked on trading. I don't know if you saw it last year, Michael. Somebody got buried in a short and put up a GoFundMe, right? Because he owed he trade like three
5: hundred. <laughs> he
2: owed he traded like oh, three hundred thirty thousand dollars, right? <laughs> and he's like, they're gonna take my house, and everybody's like, "Fuck you, and I'm taking." Exactly. Right. So if you're, if you're not going to do this with an education, like I said, your wife's a doctor, my wife's a doctor, right? Did they go yep. to med school? <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
5: <laughs> exactly. I mean,
2: it's not like they woke up and said, I'm a doctor. Right. So you can't wake up and say, I'm going to trade stock. You know, this took me, Christ, 30 years to figure it out, maybe two, three million in losses along the way. Um
3: yeah, easy.
2: But I figured it out. You know, and my traders, you know, they were taught from the bottom up and they have very, very strict discipline in which you have to follow a science. But you know, this whole I'm afraid that this GameStop thing <coughs> is gonna have people rushing back into the market with their stimulus checks and their four oh one Ks and their kids' life savings and their college funds and it's gonna burn everybody. That's the problem when you've got this kind of hype of you can do it too. You know, I'm not convinced about this Keith Gill guy. I mean, I watched his synopsis, which I also think is brilliant. But I got a funny feeling somebody's a puppet master with this clown. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: interesting. You see, I'm not thinking like. Hey, let me do this, y'all. Let me do this. Michael, before you respond, um, we got some callers, so I want to make sure I take care of them. They've been some of them, a couple of them have been on hold for a while. Um, So let's see what the callers got. They may take us in a different direction, but let's definitely open up the lines. Again, if you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. First caller, 678, last three, 400. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents or question on this morning's discussion question.
8: Oh, my name, man, my name is the boy ERGJ out of uh, Atlanta. So, uh, thanks so much. Hey, man. what's it's up, ERGJ? Thanks for calling
0: in. What you got for us? King?
8: Uh man, just real quick, man. I'm a I'm a certified math educator. Just trading. I just started trading. I've been doing investing for a while. I it like um, that breakdown.
0: Hey, a hey, Evan, things. we got a bad connection. We got a bad connection. I want to make sure people can hear you real clear. If you will call right back in, it usually helps. It's a real
7: bad connection, unfortunately.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll call back in. I'm gonna go to the next caller, and I'll get back to you when you get back in. Sorry about that. Area code 504 last 3065. Give us your name, where you're calling from, or your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Yeah, God bless you. This is New Orleans. Eric from New Orleans. Hey, what's going on, Eric? Thanks for calling in. All what right, you got yeah. for us? All right. Yeah, your you two gentlemen mentioned
7: the exact reason I mentioned it in investing to pay rent or to pay the mortgage. What's the best way to get involved in investing to do just that to pay the mortgage and the rent?
3: Michael, you want to take a shot of that one? His question was, how do you trade to pay the mortgage? Or
0: what's the best? Most well, wise I, 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 the way I, the way I hear far. it, let me, let me, Michael, and tell me if I'm right, Eric, the way I hear it, um, it's really, it speaks to what Jack was just talking about, at least in my opinion, if mm-hmm. you want to be real clear cut about it, um, is that right. people are now taking this interest due to what's happening. And so I think he's calling in to say, hey, if I want to learn it to that degree, to where I can, I, are you saying, Eric, to be able to make a living to pay? a lot of your main things. You want to make a living doing this. Is that what I'm hearing you say, Eric, or, or at least yeah. like a decent amount of money in order to pay bills? So, yeah, he just asked you know that I typical, I got that interest now, where do I start? So what would you suggest, Michael? Uh, but, you know, Jack told us where not to start. Where, would, where right. would you say to start for somebody who now has this hyper <laughs> interest due to the scenario? Because uh, we can't stop it. So we want to at least give some dialogue on what we what, you know. If y'all, Again, if y'all got it out the mud, if you will, how did y'all start? Where do you start? Because, again, as, you, as Jack just pointed out, he lost a bunch of money before he figured it out. And you, I think you mentioned the same thing. But go ahead, brother.
3: Yeah. So I'll tell y'all, again, I'll tell you my story side of it. And I won't make, I will beleaguer it, but I will reiterate the point that I started in 2005 um, trading as a retail trader in very risky markets. But at that time, I was a full-time engineer earning a really nice salary, living well below my means and had a lot of free cash flow. I started trading with very little money. I'm almost ashamed to say how much because I don't want anybody repeating that either. If I was to go back, I would have waited and built up a lot more money to start to have a much more substantive effect. That would probably have propelled me even further. But wow. Wow. That being said, you know, all mistakes are mistakes. I didn't realize that I was a statistical outlier myself in terms of being lucky, not being skilled. I went for about three years thinking I had some sort of skill and was just honing it out. But during that time, I was spending in excess of four to five hours a day in addition to my job, learning about this stuff. Why? I wasn't really after the money. I loved how the markets worked. I loved the system. I love the dynamic of the market. That's what the engineering side of me. That's what attracted me. Even so, more so than my job. Where I learned, um, I've got a bunch. I've probably read a hundred books just on trading, but also some some of the mathematics. You have to get an idea for statistical uh, theory. Uh, sometimes you don't have to do it as much as I've done to learn about stochastic functions and things of that nature. But you need to learn about the basis of odds. Uh, but if you're going to be an investor, one of the best books out is um, The Intelligent Investor. It's Benjamin o. Graham, who's Warren Buffett, uh, pr- basically his mentor. Some of it it's a long and it's boring, just like good investment to me is long and boring. That's the part that you have to focus on learning first to me. But you're not gonna. Most people don't have that type of dedication to it. It's not that important. You're after the money, so it's a change in a mindset type thing, too. And that's one of the things, like, like I told you, I put my ne- my hat in this education ring. But one of the things I teach in my classes is first lesson about trading is you're probably not a trader, just to be honest. I traded. I've got some traders that have been on Wall Street, things of that nature, um, but you're probably not that personality. But I think that most people can do a lot of investing because I will say this: while my job was going. My 401k was growing because i was maxing that one out too i wasn't touching it i wasn't i, I had it basically in a bunch of large cap boring stocks doing that eight percent getting the matching and that bloomed up such that when i looked back i said oh well i have you know several years worth of cushion now that i want to go out and do trading for a living i think that's where you start like building the idea that if you want to do that it's like going to the league in pro, like or, or like you said like if you want to become a doctor you've got to put in seven years of, at a minimum to just be you know family practice if you want to be a specialist specialist like somebody wants to learn about options or derivatives on top of just stock trading you've got to put in extra years are you prepared to do that that's kind of the question yeah. Nah, so that's you very see Jeff, good.
0: Uh,
5: Eric, I got, Eric, I got other callers, so I'm
0: about to keep you short okay. this week. I know you've been a regular caller, and I appreciate you for that. Um, but I hope you just p- took a lot from what they said. Uh, I want to oh, yeah. get back to uh, – I got ERGJ waiting and back in on another caller as well. So we're going to try to rattle these callers off. We are about to hit the top of the hour. So appreciate the call. Yeah. Eric, right. you can get back in later. You know how to do that. So I'll let you okay. get back in maybe in the second hour if you appreciate will. It. All right. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we are a minute away from the top of the hour, so just so that I don't cut ERGJ off, we're going to go ahead and go to our music sponsor, which is uh, Square Business Entertainment. Jack, you still rolling with us? Uh, yeah, rolling yeah, with yeah, yeah, brother. yeah. I want to cool. make sure respect yeah, to yeah, I'm respecting your time as weird. well. Okay, no problem. All right, cool. So um, our sponsor, uh, Square Business Entertainment, they always bring us great music. Uh, it's kind of a highlight of our our talk show, if you will, so I definitely appreciate them. So enjoy this cut. Taylor Pace One Last Time, The Remix We'll be right back, you're listening to The Mental Dialogue Talk Show All I ask is that you think I
5: had it all back then Why I ain't even know it I had my head all in the clouds
0: Feeling important She had her story, I had mine She went crazy, I'm on my mind
5: What it wouldn't give, Get rewind. One last time, one last time There's So much regret to be
0: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question, the GameStop Revolution, who won the have or have nots? Again, that was a cut from Taylor Pace. Check them out on all music streaming platforms. But to get back to this morning's discussion with our special guest, Jack Ponty and Michael Sutler, we got some more callers on the line as well. I had um, ERGJ in and out so we're going to get that brother back on to start the top of the hour um, Evan I think I got you live again let's see if we got a better connection so you can jump in with your three cents this morning go ahead King
8: hey what's going on man I got, do I got a better connection now
0: yeah it's a little Probably better slow but it's not in and out so we could definitely I think we can understand you a little better now go ahead
8: okay well i I try to talk louder maybe that'll work I'm not quite sure I had, I think that earlier I had to take the, I was on the computer, I had to take the computer down, so it was okay, up. Um, no problem, yeah, right, you're not can uh, you now, go ahead, yeah, I love get, what you guys, yeah, I can hear you, I'm not coming in good,
0: yeah, you coming in, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, saying so you're Uh-oh. going down, go ahead, I'm sorry, sorry about that,
8: oh, okay. oh, yeah, I love what you guys are doing here, man, um I'm a, I've been teaching investment for over 10 years to to, to my community. And uh and, and, and one thing that I noticed is that and I also run some investment club that, that what what they're saying is, is really on point. Like like you know, with all the people and all the stuff that people simply don't want to come to class and learn. But they wanna make money they don't want to learn how to make money. That's a big problem. But I do love I actually do love what happened with GameStop because for the first time in, in all my years we have a lot of people that are interested in learning about the market. You know, getting into it. So yeah, it's growing a lot of interest, but I just wanted to be careful to say, hey, are you going to take the time to to, to learn? You know, so I do a little bit of trading now, into in the crypto space. And I do I do a lot of investing, and it's, it is it's two different hats, it's two different hats. I, I have to take a hat off and try to put a hat on. Sometimes I get them mixed up. Uh, but but uh, I've learned over time, and I think anybody can learn over time as well. Because actually, welcome to build over time. So, you know, shout out, shout, out, shout out to your guests and, uh, and what they're sharing here. Um, it's, it's, it's phenomenal information, and I hope that people take heed what you're
0: saying. Hey, thank you for your three cents, Evan, and I can vouch for this brother as well. He does it from a, a very sincere point, and, uh, you know, and I absolutely, like if now people are taking interest, uh, maybe they will start with uh, 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 ERGJ, where they can learn investment versus in you know, sister trading, and that was a Brilliant, Michael, that you made that distinction, um, Jack. When you hear uh, in a sense this brother calling and say, "Hey, for 10 years he's been trying to teach people again more on the investment side, now trying to and maybe dabble into the trade." Uh, when you hear somebody say it this way, um, what does that sound like in comparison to what your what your concerns were? Is that people are now gonna just jump in it after the money and they're gonna lose their hat doing it that way? So any thoughts when you hear uh, you know one of my callers kind of say he likes what y'all are saying, uh, but he's he's one of those people out there trying to teach it, and I can vouch for him, kind of. From a sincere standpoint Of course he wants to you know, make his money as well But at the same time I know he's very sincere in his efforts Any thoughts on that Jack?
2: Well you know I think it's difficult To change human nature uh, It's definitely mm-hmm. difficult on, on, on a singular basis And it's extremely difficult on a mass basis Right? So he's brilliantly correct In stating that he wants to educate people um, It's what I do Every day But the chances of turning the mass public it's like saying you should stop shooting heroin It's not that easy <laughs> right? Not everybody's going to just say Okay I'm going to stop shooting heroin um, I think that the attention drawn to it Are going to bring out I mean he's right in his point That it draws attention to Oh trading can be a, a viable means of income But like I tell my traders We're going to start you with This is your tertiary, uh, secondary income And it's going to be your primary income Then we'll talk about wealth But I think the vast majority of people aren't going to bother going to a learning process to understand what they're doing before they jump two feet into the fire. Um, Some will, and even those who will. I'm very particular about who I teach. I've probably had about 200 people pass through the portals over the years, and I will cut them very, very quick if I feel that trading is not a proper fit for them. I will just remove them immediately. Um, I had one trader removed in December because he was actually making too much money. And that may sound strange to
7: you, but
2: nope. what it translated to me was he didn't have discipline and he didn't have control.
7: Mm-hmm. And
2: he and he was just going crazy. I mean I'm talking fifty to a hundred thousand a day. You know, that kind of money. And initially when we started with I said, Listen, if you make five grand a day, you make a million a year. Well that wasn't good enough Right So I see him Going crazy And I said You're out He said What are you talking about I said Listen You lost control You lost discipline You lost your plan And you're too wild And erratic right now And that's somebody Who's actually Making money trading So imagine Trying to enforce On somebody Who just wants To jump in No you need to Spend some real time Studying this first You need to understand What you're doing Um I wish everybody would listen, but they're not going to because it's too sexy, it's too compelling, and his GME thing has made everybody think, "Wow, we can jump in and all become millionaires."
0: Right. Hey, Jan, let me Um, throw this out. I got Evan on real quick before I go to the next caller, Um, and I want to. And so, if 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 I'm hearing Evan, and you can obviously speak for yourself, King, but I, I think the interest, even with this, he may be able to pull more actual investors too. And that—that's what I think could be the highlight when you start making that distinction between the investors and the traders. I, I absolutely agree. There's some people that's going to take their shot at trading, and you can't really influence them. But I think he may win out with getting actually more people that are going long-term, just because there's so much hype around getting into the market now. Any—any uh, any thoughts on that, or is that what I heard you saying, Evan? That that's the part that you're highlighting when you say you're glad that the—the—the the, the, light's out there. Did I hear that correctly, Evan?
8: Yeah, in a sense. I mean, my my, my greatest joy is, is the parents that now believe that their children have a chance. And so, you know, when they come to me, I'm like, well, yeah, let's let's sit down, let's talk, let's talk about how to get fall. That's really, uh, you know, where I stand. But, you know, I've set up a long term perspective to we started, to uh, get in the game. So, but yeah, I'm 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 all, you know, just like Michael. So you know, started with first, uh, you know, training come later.
0: Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much my yeah. Nah, Thank you for the call. we got some other callers as well, but thank you so much for your three cents this morning, King. All right, we got 314, last three nine five three. I think I might know who it is, but that number shines. I'm not for certain. Who we got out there? Give us your three cents this morning. On this How you doing,
7: Montoya? Hey, what's going on? This Bianchi. And he Brother got the last four wrong. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm about to say is for educational purpose only. <laughs> and is it one guest you got on? Is his name Jack?
0: Correct, Jack Mm-hmm.
7: Jack, you just revealed your age when you mentioned intelligent investing. That book goes back to about the '30s. He was one of my training students. But nah,
0: hey, my J, is, hey, 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 Brother w uh, just so you know, Michael the one that mentioned it though, just so you know, but go ahead, uh oh, brother, okay. Yeah. Well, whoever mentioned, we'll But it's all good age. though.
7: It's all good though. But go ahead, brother <laughs> Pianc. No, but the best ahead. thing to do. What I've done you know, learn how to do this stuff yourself is is the best way. Now series seven, they can't mess with options. I I trade options. I used to teach options for free. Courses that you'd go to Chicago on the weekend and cost you up to Eight to $15,000 In advanced positions I used to teach that stuff free But as far as this GME On that January the 20th Expiration at oh, about 12 o'clock Somebody called me and told me About that and I'm going to tell you what I've done And I do this stuff for myself I don't do it for a living I used to do it for a hobby every now and then I did and I teach my grandkids I bought 500 shares And I stay away from margin I bought 500 shares of GME At $323.60 It cost me 161 800 I sold I sold the 320 Call option For $20.40 That brought me in $10,400 At the end of the day Three hours later it closed at 3:25. Therefore, I got called out at 3:20. The difference between what I made on that 104 is $1,800. So I cleared about $8,400. That's doing options. And the only thing I use to determine is the charts and a news service, a one-minute chart and the news service. Now people can do whatever they want to. I heard about Robin Hood. My grandson told me about it. I told him, stay away from that. That's none of the junk as far as I'm concerned. I use a good platform. That's what I look for. I used to use Option Express a long time ago. Now the best thing out there, I think, is TD Ameritrade, trade. Uh, think or swim. So it's best to learn how to do these things yourself. For those who can't do it, then, of course, you have to go to a a broker, or get involved in some clubs. To be a good uh, option trader, you got to be able to think backwards. You have to literally be able to think backwards and foresee what's going to happen and what things are at the present time. But learning on your own, a lot of study, a lot of reading. Back in the time I used to read Wade Cook, Money Machine, His old favorite saying was don't buy anything today that you can't sell by next Friday makes a lot of sense. I love to hear people tell others about investing, investing, investing because I sell what they invest and I don't even own it. But that's a whole nother story. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right.
0: Always, brother Piaki, thank you for your call. Um, Ashley, I wanted you to kind of jump back in cuz you kind of started us on this. Where do people start? And as I just hear everybody kind of say learn on your own or start um, you know, any any specific questions or or what is that insight for you again as a personal finance coach? If you have someone in the sense that that's trying to figure this out or now they're hyped because of what happened with GME, um, how are you hearing anything specific or would you like to hear anything more specific? Go ahead, please. Uh,
1: no, you know, for me, I, I think it's, on par, right? You know, I I tell people that they need to learn um, what they're doing, you know, from a finance standpoint, I'm more so like, make sure your financial house is in order, right? Like, this should not be something that you're doing if you don't have any emergency savings or, you know, you don't have your house together, Um, and, And I think that's my biggest concern for people, right? Like, you should be taking the time to educate yourself. This is not something that you're going to learn overnight. There are people that have been in the financial services industry that are learning new things about the market, about trading, about stocks, about companies, about financial ratios. They're learning something new every single day. So to think that you're going to come in, you know, and do something completely different or be able to get it right off the bat, um is not right. And and so, you know, you you have to be realistic and honest with yourself and really make sure that your financial house is in order. I mean, if you have the discretionary income, right? Listening to Michael talk about, "Hey, I was a full-time engineer and I was, you know, getting a really healthy salary and able to invest," right? That's someone that has the means to afford to invest. This is not something that you just want to jump into because It sounds good because the hype is there, right? But, like, do you have savings so that if something goes wrong, because, you know, for for most people, investing is a long-term thing, right? And you're not going to just be getting in and out of positions. You know, you run into things with your broker that, you know, maybe you're considered a day trader or whatever, but you want to make sure that you are able to protect yourself so that if there is an emergency, right, if there is another decline in the market, if Your job is impacted by COVID. You don't want to be pulling out of these investments um, just to try to get some money right then. Your house should be in order. And a lot of people don't think about the tax implications, right, with with these type of trades. So for me, you know, when I'm talking to people, it's like, is your house together in order for you to even go to investing? Because that should not be the first step. Like, oh, yeah, I have a job and I have $500 here. Okay, but do you have a year or two years or even six months worth of money sitting there to cover your expenses? Um, You know, do you have life insurance if you have a family and children that are dependent on you for your income? Those are your priorities first before it even comes to investing. So um, I I love the advice. I think it's spot on. You know, my, my standpoint is make sure your financial house is in order before you even go to investing because it is so risky and the markets are so volatile, especially right now. Right. And, and for me, like my personal opinion, valuations and all of these things are off. And so when you're talking about that, right, there's just added risk that people aren't aware of because they don't know what to look for.
5: Nah,
0: it makes sense. We're actually up against a break. No, you're absolutely up against another break. Uh, perfect segue when you're talking about the taxes the implications that are included. Uh, I want to highlight one of our sponsors, Bennett Tax Accounting. Uh, we'll be right back, and we'll talk about some of these SCC regulations that may or may not be coming down just to get perspectives from our experts, Jack Plenty and Michael Sutler. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, Do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for RUN. Again, 770 545 two one four five and let them save you from yourself. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, personal finance coach, Ashley Thomas. This morning's discussion question the GameStop revolution, who won the have or have dots? So our special guest, Jack Panty, as well as Michael Sutler. Uh, so I wanted to definitely jump into Uh, supposedly this, this mini revolution, which we've now fairly realized is not a revolution whatsoever. However, the media is talking about supposedly SEC regulations and, and, and and the one cut brought on, I guess, the head of NASDAQ talking about, Hey, we got to look at these things when it comes to these uh, social media platforms and how they're being used. Uh, Do y'all see any reality in that? And uh, if so, uh, what are the implications for just in general, um, Jack? I'll start with you again. Just want, if you again, if you need to let need to go, just let me know at any time. But I want to make sure I'm I'm, I'm taking taking advantage of the time we have. Go ahead, Jack. Uh, let me get him live. Got you live now. Go ahead.
2: the The SEC is interesting. Um, they have a lot of things in place that they think are protective measures for the average investor. See, the problem is. Retail investments at its all-time high, so there needs to be some protection. Um, Way back in the day, we didn't have a pattern day day trader requirement. You didn't need to have 25 grand in the account. They raised that limit there to protect people who were blowing up their accounts on the supposition or the assumption that if you have 25 grand, you're somewhat more responsible as a human being than if you have five (laughs) grand. That That was their mindset, right? And then where that, that rule's a little bad is if somebody drops under pattern day trade, they can't even do their three trades a week to try to get it back. They have, to re, they have to refurbish it with longs or swings or they have to refurbish it with cash. The SEC, I think, tries to protect the retail investor. But here's an interesting example that, again, can blow, you know, blow apart the entire GameStop situation. Every single day... In the market, there are illegal bear raids. Bear raids are illegal. That would be one fund. Let's say I have a fund and Michael has a fund. And we get on the phone together and we decide to short this stock at a particular price point. And we basically collude to short the stock. That's a bear raid. It's illegal and it happens every single day in the market. So unless the SEC wants to put a stop or start enforcing regulations against bear raids rather than turning a blind eye to it. They can't put an enforcement measure for anybody who wants to go long on a stock either. And that's where it becomes – and they, they try some really weird shit. Like, Michael, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, they had the pilot program of the five-cent stock. Where, oh, yes. Yes. Right. I mean, what the fuck was that?
5: You know, if, you, if you wanted to buy a
2: stock, it was in five cent increments. Right. You know, I mean, we, we, and same thing, same thing with halts. Right. I mean, all halts do. They say it's to protect the trader. It doesn't.
9: problem. Nope,
2: nope, what a halt does is it allows a short to take a position <laughs> yep. and then kill the fucking trade. So the SEC has all these rules that already act against retail traders, so they want to stand on a soapbox and say, now we want to protect you. Okay, stop bear raids. Stop fucking halts. If somebody's under pattern day trade, let them trade back again to get to point once they've been recognized as one. No more bullshit pilot programs. You know What, what, they're, what they're really afraid of is a class action suit of a bunch of people who lost their 401K coming after them and blaming them. So all they're trying yes. to do is like cover their own ass. They're not trying to cover retail's ass. They're trying to cover their own ass.
3: I couldn't so agree he, more. And, you know, even going on to, like, the SEC, like my my regulator is the National Futures Association because we deal in, again, the alternatives, the exotics, and things of that nature. The things that I see implemented, Make it more difficult to again parry and mitigate losses to to actually protect yourself in a lot of situations, unless again you're you're a really big firm or uh, as I've learned to adapt, unless you're completely electronic.
2: Well, you know, see this it's this game that's played back and forth in life, right? And it all starts with I'm um, doing what I think is best for you, right? Yes but we really 9 times out of 10 that sentence is translated to i'm doing what's the best for me
5: yep. should yep. retail
2: should retail investors be in uh, be somewhat more educated i don't know maybe you're not allowed to open an account unless you pass some ridiculous 15 question questionnaire right something right to show <laughs> that you at least understand somewhat what you're doing Yes, they need to be protected because so many people lose so much money to people like me on a daily basis. I see retail coming, I know what they're gonna do, I know exactly what's gonna happen. Matter of fact, if you watch any stock, I'm up at four thirty in the morning, which is ridiculous.
3: But you can look at
2: if you look at seven AM, eight AM, and nine AM, you will see retail come in at seven AM. 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Now, usually, you can say, okay, we know the surge is at 7. Where's our point of resistance? So put your mm-hmm. buy order a little bit above resistance, and they're going to surge it up for you, and you can take the money. Same thing happens at 8. Same thing happens at 9, except for these retarded accounts like WeBull, which I wouldn't trust my money you know, to two guys living offshore. So you, know, you exactly. even know this is when they're going to surge, Seven, eight, nine That's when they're allowed to trade You can make enough money in pre-market <coughs> To not even trade market hours So we're, you know, the real wow. protection for retail Doesn't come from SEC regulations Because there's no regulation That they can put out there Unless they correct their own deficits Like I said, eliminate bear raids <laughs> Eliminate all kinds of nonsense Eliminate halts Get rid of that Then we can talk about what you want to do for, To protect retail a retail needs to protect themselves by getting educated. I mean, I can't stress that enough, and it's it's going to go in one ear and out the other to 90% of the people, especially if they win once.
0: Yes. <laughs> right, that makes sense. Let me, let me ask this question. Let me ask this question because a lot of this is making sense. So when I keep hearing all three of you talk about getting educated, um, you know, and definitely, you know, let's, let's – No shame here, um, Michael. I know you're starting a Blacks Academy. I don't know if it's the right time to mention it. Um, But before we even necessarily mention that, you know, just me myself specifically, when I hear educated and and even Ashley as a personal finance coach, she loves what y'all are saying. Um, obviously you can give me the book, if you will. But if, if I t- want to take that advice and not be the 90% who doesn't listen, and, you know, for example, and I want to get educated, um, I still don't necessarily know where to start outside of reading the book that you just told me. And I know, Michael, you said you end up reading 100 books. So, you know, does, so when least... I listen to y'all, yeah, um, yeah, I get it. But so is my education per se. I don't think it entails me um, reading 100 books before I start, if you will. So in a sense, and then I and and you also got all the people like like Jackie talked about the people that are saying just take my class just take my class so when I want to go navigate getting educated I I want to avoid to take my class people how do I figure out where to start my personal education above and beyond the books and to start. In a sense, putting my money in. If I wanted to be that, I, I'm. I'm just an investor. I'm not interested in trading. I'll be honest about that. Or if I ever did it, it will be with your, you know, with with your with your uh, approval, Michael, because we know each other so closely. But for the most part, Absolutely. I just play my. You know, I just do investing. I don't do the trading stuff. But again, I hope my is making sense. So if you could just kind of jump in there and, and give people even more direction than just say get educated, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, no, you, you know, it's funny. It's, it's really funny that you mentioned, because I've been sitting here thinking, as I listen to Jack, I'm like, yes, finally. You know, I have somebody with, that's a trader that's more seasoned than I am, but I'm I'm hearing these same tenets, these universal laws. Like, there are some books, like, you know, if I were to mention another book other, outside the Intelligent Investor, there was another book. Uh, the author of the Black Swan uh, wrote a series of four books. His name is um, Nassim Nicholas Celeb. The book that made the most sense, that made markets really – and granted, I have been trading for a while, but the book that made more markets made sense to me was this book called Anti-Fragile, because it was really a treatise on risk, and it's like the risk that you don't see. And in in seeing that, I guess, in in, in listening to that, I guess, is kind of one of those things, when I really imbibed what was in that book – if I was to – and like I do now for my traders that actually come into my firm, the main thing I get them to first start on is saying, what is truly your objective? Like if you really – you want to invest, can you I, – I find people have a hard time answering a simple question of, why do you want to invest? Like it's weird. So I think from just understanding – your own motivations. That's like my very – and I know that seems like it's always very vague, but for me, the curiosity of knowing how financial markets work sparks something in me, like I said, that 16 years ago I haven't stopped looking at. I think if you're serious about it, you need to go about seeing what sparks the curiosity about The whys, the whats, the who's. That's why, you know, when I was writing the GameStop, that's why I knew who Kenneth Griffin is. I don't think you can seriously call yourself a trader or one to manage funds if you don't know who Stephen Cohen is. If you don't don't know Stanley Druckenmiller, if you don't know Soros, if you don't, there's tons of names and there's even these personalities. If you really study them, their styles. Uh, Paul Tudor Jones. Those are points of knowing. You can say, well, this guy was a momentum trader. The next point is like, oh, well, what's a momentum trader? I hear a lot of people say I get hung up. I don't understand the terminology. Wikipedia was my friend in 2005. Like I taught myself, and I I don't say that to, you know, it's not like an ego-driven thing, but it was following curiosity from word to word, from place to place, from personality to personality, and it started forming for me. And that's how I, like I didn't read all 100 books at once and say I read it. No, it Mm it was a progression of things. And that progression, along with something I want to mention, you've got to be willing to lose money, which goes back to what Jack said about how much he's lost. I've lost millions, too. Goes back to what Ashley said. You've got to be in a financial place to where you can lose. So if you're batting off a stimulus or you're trying to make the mortgage, trust me, my first year of actually managing, for first year and a half of actually managing for other clients, I didn't make a single dollar. So, That alone should tell you, and that was probably year eight of actually trading, but I thought I was the man, and I jumped out there, and the rules had changed because I was trading bigger accounts, trading under different platforms. And, by the way, the market dynamics had had changed from what I'd seen prior to. So there's a lot of stuff that has to happen, but learning, the progression of learning has to have a an academic side to it, but also a practical, you learn from experience. We learn best from experience. And I think part of that experience, if y'all are hearing about trading and or investing, you've got to be able to eat the losses because for me, the losses are what makes the wind. If you can't learn from your losses, you Nah, it makes trade.
0: sense. We're actually up against the break. You know? We're up against our, another break. So let me jump to this break. Um, the biggest thing that I hope for people out there listening, that if you have just in a sense gotten a recent, um, further to get into this thing. Again, definitely encouraging people to, in a sense, um, learn how to make their money make money. Or Again, I kind of play the long investment game, but if you hear someone that if you respect what Michael's saying, he, he jumped out managing money in a year and a half, didn't make a dime for himself personally, like that's the perspective that I hope you're taking in. Uh, we'll be right back after this break with our special guest as well as our special guest co-host, Ashley Thomas. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you pick. This is at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right?
6: Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh?
0: That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out.
6: If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
0: Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour.
6: I like those. What's their IG?
0: At moneymotivation.co.
6: But do they have any ladies' gear?
0: Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go, and
3: everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me
0: because I look like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, the GameStop revolution, who won the have or have not? Special guest co-host Ashley Thomas, as well as investors Jack Panty and Michael Settler. Uh Jack, if you will, if you can kind of tackle that question, when you tell me to get educated, um, if this is my interest, um, where do I start, whether it be book recommendations and, you know, how do I avoid, again, the person that's tell- making the money off, making me take the but not necessarily making money actually investing. So um, speak to me on that one, if you will, Jack. Let me bring you live again. Go ahead, brother. You are live on the air. Uh,
2: For me, I've got really, really bad OCD, which sometimes is the greatest asset in the world, sometimes is a curse. So I will spend ridiculous amounts of time going down every rabbit hole you could possibly find to gather information. Uh, The Internet could be an extraordinary tool for information, But everybody uses it Mm. to talk shit all day, which is just pointless. You can go on the Internet, and just give you a stupid example. You could say uh, moving average, and then you can Google moving average and find out all the moving averages, EMAs and weighted moving averages and SMAs and TMAs and DEMAs and TEMAs, and and really start to understand what all that means. Then through that, you might stumble across something like Bollinger Bands, and then you'll study. I actually had an argument with John Bollinger. That's how crazy I get. Um, and you can okay. study that.
5: And, and, and I told him, I
2: said, you, I said your shit's good, but it's slow. And he, what do you mean? I said slow.
5: Um, <laughs> and
2: you know, I built my system from scratch. And when I first yeah. started trading, I had no idea what I was looking at on a chart at all. And this is pre-internet, right? So this is when you had this is pre e trading. So you had to call your broker and put in your calls, and it was ridiculous. Then once the internet opened up, it became you know better than the library. Before that, I used to go to the library. But as you go down each rabbit hole, it's going to bring you to another point, right? Now you're looking at Bollinger Bands, and all of a sudden the Keltner Channels pop up. Oh, okay, let me go over there and look at that. Now that's if you want to be a technical trader and a day trader. Um, Investing, I think, you know, is different. I mean, my long portfolio is something I don't even touch. Um, I don't cash it out because of capital gains reasons. And that's anywhere from lowest one, I think I'm about 45% up, and the highest one, i about 610% up. Um, wow. That just sits there. You know, they just, the bulk of my long portfolio is over 100% up. <clears throat> that's investing. That's something Michael talked about, and he's absolutely right. You know, study the proper investors, the great investors of the world and what they were looking for in stocks. If you want to get into scalping and day trading and even swinging, then you have to become a technical trader because fundamentals don't matter in this game at all. Um, There's a stock, GEDO, complete garbage, piece of shit stock, worthless stock. What it basically is is some kind of uh, ethanol company, but the problem is their product is 10 times more expensive than jet fuel, so nobody gives a shit about this product. Uh, One (laughs) day there was a press release. (laughs) This is absolutely true where the press release was one gas station in San Antonio, Texas on one pump was going to try their fuel out. And the stock stock went up 230%. Wow. Complete momo. Yep. You know, retail gets so excited over press releases. Um, and when they look at press releases, they don't read the entire thing and then they don't go look at filings. Right now, here's an example. Uh, all of a sudden, if I see Wainwright is given a price target on a stock, I know, an <laughs> offering is, I know an offering is coming. Then I'll go into Edgar, and I'll see, sure enough, an offering is filed. So retail's not looking at this. They're just so excited that the stock said this will cure erectile dysfunction, right? And they get all excited. And they get the same hard on. They jump after the stock. Exactly. They don't know <laughs> exactly. that an offering sitting there ready to come. Then all of a sudden they're chasing, chasing, chasing. <clears throat> they used to have offerings in the morning pre-market or at the close of the bell. Now they'll do them in midday. And what an offering basically is is, let's say uh, they'll say we're going to sell X amount of shares at a dollar. So all the poor bastards who are chasing this stock because of the news release at 4 and $5 are about to get hammered with an offering. The Shorts read the Edgar profile. They see an offering or an ATM is on the table. They yes. hit Shorts at the high. Fifteen minutes later, there's the offering. All the longs are buried and all the Shorts win. So the amount of research you really need to do to be a trader is like Rain Man. And use the Internet, study, run off on tangents, because each place, each rabbit hole will take you to another one. And it goes further and further and further and further, and then you start to grasp it, and then you start to understand it. Now here becomes the biggest problem. Let's say you build all this scientific knowledge. You can't be taught how to be a warrior,
5: right? Yeah, do I mean, martial do
2: mm-hmm. Martial arts was a big part of my right. life. I could teach you a system. I can't teach you how to be a fighter. Yes. I could teach you how to trade. I can't teach you how to be a trader because one thing trading will do is it's the greatest psycho- analytical moment you've ever had. Every yes. possible flaw in your psyche and your personality will be exposed in trading, completely
5: exposed. Right. Absolutely.
2: And then all of a sudden, your weaknesses and your demons, you know, I, I tell my traders, hey, if you're not rich by now, it's because something prevented that. Unless you figure out what prevented that, you're not going to get rich now. Tackle your demons. And people don't realize how important, I mean, that psychological part of this is. Listen, I'm a master technical trader. There is no one who could outtrade me technically. I will guarantee that.
5: However, here, here.
2: however, I haven't mastered my own psyche. And that's the only thing that beats the shit out of me any time in trading, is my own personality flaws, my own psychological flaws. The other day, I, and I know what I'm looking at, I built the system. <laughs> <laughs> Don't said, start. Don't start. <laughs> right? But I said, I'm going to push this a little bit further because I just felt like it. Right? And I got my ass kicked. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the system. It's because I'm too arrogant sometimes. I'm sometimes not, it's not a matter of greed because thank God I don't need the money. It's a matter of wanting to be right, right? So my ego doesn't mm-hmm. take being wrong. And that's a flaw that I have in my personal character, right? I'm the guy, if you say the moon's blue, I'm like, no, it's not, it's purple. This <laughs> um, is a bad personality <laughs> trait I have. So, so, so trade I or built trade? This, you know, I built the system. I built it. I'm, I know what to look for. I've trained 24 guys who have all retired from their jobs. And these guys who make ridiculous sums of money, I know exactly how to train them. I know what I'm doing. And sometimes my psyche gets the best of me.
0: So even though – Michael, I've heard you talk anyway. about that. I'm sorry to cut you off, Jack. I wanted to let – before we get to it, we got one more break, and then we'll be done with the breaks. Um, but, Michael, I've heard you talk about that over the years as I've gotten to know you um, because you've taken some people under your wing as well uh, for what you do. And um, you're, and I hear you constantly talk about um, trying to walk them through that, that psychological process, you know, now that you've had your own. You try to, you know, against curb it for them because, you know, you did it on your own, if you will. So um, I know you can speak to this um, as well. So I just kind of wanted to get, jump in and hear some of your thoughts in reference to exactly what Jack is talking about
3: right now. You know, it's funny. He he, he comes straight at the point where I, I tend to tip around it a little bit, but he's right. The reason why I tell, again, everybody that comes to me first is like, you're probably not a trader, is because if you're interested in money, <laughs> trading's not – there's lots of other places to make money. But to make money as a trader, it's about what he talked about is self-mastery. Like he said, you're sitting down with those demons. You're sitting down. One of the ways, again, me trying to outsmart myself in this process was to build a system, a set of rules. And then to take it, like you know, Jack was saying, I found I couldn't execute those rules as cleanly. Like I was making some money, but I wasn't consistent. And, you know, again, the test and evaluation part of me looked at my charts, looked at my graphs. At one point in time, I was actually reading my vitals to see where my stress points were. Because again that's something I've looked at that could be useful, like looking where your pulse rate is, looking at some of that stuff. But there was a lead lag on that, like I've taken to the nth degree to study myself. The next step for me was to take it and put it into an algorithmic form to help computer do some of the stuff and it increased some, but it's like instead of making three losses in a day or, you know, versus so many wins, I now make two. And so there's an incremental approach to this that really, like I said, you're really hammering out yourself. And I think at a much higher – because that's now got me thinking about a a really higher-level thing about this self-mastery trading and even investing that kind of points back to the whole thing that he mentioned earlier that as a trader you get – you understand as an investor, if you have some success, you're going to get to understand the person who – and again, it's like an Ayn Rand quote – Uh, Whether you believe in her politics or not, her books and stuff are great, but it's like the person that's a trader is somebody who – or meant for wealth is somebody who can actually get it from the mud no matter where they started. And so if they wanted to learn, it's that mindset of I can, and I will spend the time, the resource, the capital to become successful at this thing because it is in my best benefit. And I think if we're talking about why it doesn't work – you know, in these, hey, come take my course, because again, that's just a, that's the topical stuff. What you're really trying to do is self mastery. Learn how do I get the mindset, and I don't know if that. Could, I mean, it can be taught to some degree because I know I wasn't really gifted with it, but I got there somewhere along the way, and this is I've been locked in ever since.
0: Now it makes sense. We're up against our last break, and so when we come out of the break, Ashley, um, jump in and give us some of your. If you have any more questions or any thoughts, and then we'll give maybe a couple callers a chance to get in on this last segment. Um, thank you, Jack, for rocking with us this long. Um, and Michael, hey, the kids have been quiet. You must be doing a good job of babysitting over there, brother. <laughs> look, uh,
3: we'll look right man, they're in, front of, they're, <laughs> front, they're in front of screens, man. <laughs> they're in front of screens. Okay, yeah, you no, know.
0: no. Hey, yeah, oh yeah, you use the new school approach to to, to raise the right. kids right now. You ain't got no choice. You stuck with us for two hours I appreciate
5: now. i will be right back.
0: Listening to the <laughs> listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk <laughs> Show. Or all I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business, for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478 781 Four eight six zero. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue Community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group, focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly. My number is 404-9477. You can definitely promote on the platform. If you as an individual love what we're doing with the return of Intelligent Radio, uh, it is not free to be on these platforms, so we definitely need your support. Go to mentaldialogue.com and become a gold, black, platinum-level member. Uh, There are benefits with each membership level. I uh, just want to applaud uh, Michael for having been a longtime member. I'm trying to graduate that brother to the platinum level. So thank you for your support uh, as you've been a part of our mental dialogue mastermind. So do encourage people out there to consider the black and platinum level memberships. So and we do have a mastermind group where we get specific on topics such as this. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were going deep dive on the Bitcoin from the technology all of the to, you know, even to the different coins that you can invest in. We've even done how to retire tax-free. So we go deep level with the black and platinum level membership. So please consider those at mental This morning's discussion, the GameStop revolution, who won the have or have dots um, special guests. Again, Michael Sutler, Jack Putty. Um Ashley Thomas is my special guest co-host. Um, if you will, Queen, um, any thoughts or any questions uh, for the callers that are on the line, you do have to press one to let us know, you want to speak, we will take one or two callers for this last segment. Um, Go ahead, Queen. Thank you for being with me this morning.
1: Yeah, I I just want to say um, I think that both uh, Jack and Michael brought up really great points at the end, you know, about your objective, about understanding yourself and knowing why you're doing it, right? Like, now is not the time to, like, Try to be modest and be humble. Like, you need to be honest with yourself about the type of person that you are when you get into investing and why you're doing it, because you're going to lose money, right? Like, it's not a matter of um, if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. And if you are protecting yourself and, you know, doing the education and figuring things out, right, like, that's all part of the process. That's the only way that you're going to get better. Um, But you, you really have to know yourself and know what your objective is Um, And and that's part of, you know, when you open your brokerage account, they're going to ask you what type of investor you are. They're going to have a profile on you to figure out um, what you are because the things that you're investing in should align with, um, you know, your profile, your objective, what you want to do, and align with the level of risk that you're comfortable taking. You know, I I would say that my final thing with this, um, I I used to go on site and work with participants to, uh, you know, get their investments allocated for their 401K. And the thing that used to frustrate me the most would be, uh, you know, there's one person in the office, um, let's just say his name is Brian, and Brian loves investing, and he talks to about five other people in the office, and everyone (laughs) listens to Brian and how he invests his account. Stop doing that right like this is your individual journey you need to take the time to get the knowledge for yourself to make sure that you're investing it correctly because you're listening to brian brian is an aggressive investor you're actually probably a little bit conservative and now you're listening to someone who is comfortable with taking a different level of risk than you are so you have to know that for yourself and know what you're comfortable doing and and most of the time you know one of the things that i tell people all the time when I study for my licenses, they tell they told us in our book, like most consumers do the wrong thing at the wrong time in the market. If there's hype around it, trust me, you're probably getting in too late. Right? Like if everyone's talking about it and everyone's buying it up, don't don't waste your money. You're going to pay more to get into this position now um, because there's so much buzz around it. There's always gonna be a dip, there's always gonna be a correction in the market get your money together, get your knowledge, get your education. It's all timing, right? Get in there at the right time. Um, but, you know, if, if everyone else is getting into it, it's probably not the time for you to get into it. So um, that's that's it. I didn't have any questions or anything. I think that they nah, – No, that's beautiful. No, nah,
0: I think you I, – I, I'm in your position. Um, I think people need to hear it from someone, again, who's – Again, getting people in order on their personal finance level, uh which many of us still need to do that uh for the callers out there, I see y'all on the line. You definitely can just listen via the phone if you're not by in by a computer which plenty of people do that. but if you are trying to get in, some people miss this, you have to press one. I don't wanna catch you or meet y'all out here in these Atlanta streets and you are like, "I was on the caller you didn't you didn't let me in. you have to press <laughs> one um to get in the number six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. And you must press one. Um, Jack, as you basically have heard Michael and um Ashley give their points, um again, thank you for riding with us the whole time. Um just any thoughts. Again, um definitely respect um your background. Um obviously you haven't done this since as you I think you mentioned to me since eighty eight. Um, but just any thoughts. I think they're giving out great advice for You know, for those who are listening, as you said, I do agree. Um, Human nature, uh, we call ourselves mental dialogue because we're trying to influence some of that psychology. But I do agree that it is hard to change human behavior, but we do take some attempt with it, with at least trying to get the correct information out to our listeners. But go ahead. Thank you. Um, Go ahead with your um, thoughts, if you will.
2: I mean, with the one thing I found in trading and even in investing is. You can't use money that's valuable. In other mm-hmm. words, yes. you have to be ready to lose it and be okay if you lose it, right? i uh, give you a prime example. On Wednesday, my wife broke out a bottle, and we started cele- she started celebrating and telling me how wonderful I was and how amazing because I had a retarded day on Wednesday. On Thursday, I was <laughs> called every fucking <laughs> – on Thursday, she called me every name in the book that you could possibly fucking think of. <laughs>
5: Um you know, start
2: yep. this this is absolute gospel. I'm telling the truth. Yep. Wednesday, I'm so happy for you. Oh my god, Thursday, you fucking loser, what did you do? Yep. <laughs> yep.
5: Um
2: so everybody wants to get rich quick, right? But getting rich takes time. And the interesting yes. thing yes. regardless of the business that we're talking about, I have friends from a lot of different walks of life, um, whether it be the music business or whether it be trading or whether it be funds, you know, regardless of anything. Nobody I know of real success went after with the objective of becoming really successful. Right. Most of them went after the objective of mastering something. Most of them went after the objective of making a few bucks to buy a hamburger. One thing led to another and suddenly they became wealthy. And I think that patience is something we don't have. Um, I'll tell you an interesting story that fits into this. When I was trying to come up in the music business, I had a great mentor, and I used to say to him, when's it gonna happen for me? You know, I mean, I was on welfare. And he said, well, you have to be slow and methodical. And I said, well, that's easy for you to say, you got all these houses and helicopters and boats and all kinds of shit. And he says, yeah, I have those things because I was slow and methodical. And Mm. anything we do, I mean, nobody playing in the Super Bowl tomorrow just randomly showed up to play. You're looking at the culmination of years and years and years and years of training and discipline and ability. and I mean, anything that looks like it's a fast get-rich-quick, you're going to get killed quick. I mean, that's yep. just the reality of life. But if you're willing to put the time and effort into learning what you're doing, whether it be investing or trading, if you're willing to master the science and then master yourself, it's extraordinary what can happen.
0: I've seen people yep. make no, I it. M-
2: millions and millions no, I and love millions it. of um,
0: dollars. This is the perfect segue, uh, Michael, for you to at least mention Blacks Academy. uh um, um, you know, definitely hope to have you as a sponsor here in the near future um again, just knowing your background oh, and knowing how sincere you are how sincere you are, but if you could just kind of break down some of the things you're hoping and looking to do with um blacks academy as it comes online, I know you've kind of been doing some testing um with people taking classes for it I understand, but if you this is a we got about three minutes, so I'm gonna kinda of let you really break that down before we go and um, I just really appreciate all of y'all. I think this has been an excellent conversation. Um, These, you know, the, the podcast listeners will be blessed uh, when they hear this later. Um, but go ahead, Michael, if you can, you know, talk about that at this time.
3: No, I appreciate it. Uh, again, I started Blacks as frustration, simply frustration. I mean, again, I run a fund now. I've been trading uh, for 16 years, going from retail to the institutional side, managing money for myself and others. We also have a prop trading arm where we trade on the company's money, but. To, again, I'm sensitive to my community, I'm sensitive to my interns, for example, really were the impetus for me to actually start this because they would bring me YouTube videos. They would bring me, hey, what do you think about this guy? I'm like, this is trash. I'm like, this is trash, this won't. So the reason why we started Blacks was for me to get my voice out, say, hey, I'm going to put my name in the hat and teach you how I know. It's not going to be easy. I'm not professing that. I'm not even professing that you're going to make some money, but I'm telling you, you are going to get the truth about trading, about investing for myself, some other vetted others, you can check us out. And again, come at us with some circumspection, come at us with a little bit of scrutiny, but do come see what we have to offer. And I promise you, I hope that it my goal is to give you some elucidation as to whether this is the road you want to take. And for those that, that are, we're we're kind of looking for kindred spirits at the at the at the long end of the poll. But it's just to fight back against the utter stupidity that I see the get-rich, the scam, the high-price, oh, this thing works. Ours is not going to be that, and if it is, I'm not going to be a part of it. And, again, hold me to it. You know, if if I start swaying that way, uh, short me. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my thing, So.
0: No, I love it. Um, Ashley, as a personal finance coach, um, if you would like to get out any public information, again, I know you love helping people, so if you could share that information. We've got about a minute and a half um, for, as well, so go ahead and um, get your information out on yeah. uh, how they can follow you or whatever the case may be.
1: Sure. So I'm currently in the process of revamping things, um, but you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, at Making Money Matter, LLC. Um My email is makingmoneymatter at gmail.com. If you have any questions, right, um, you need someone to talk to your friends, your family, coworkers, whatever, about personal finance, saving, 401Ks, um, getting started with investing, I would be happy to help. Feel free to reach out to me.
0: No, I love it. Um, Jack, anything that you want to share? Um, definitely appreciate you for having you on. Hopefully we can do this again um, sometime in the future when something else blows up. And we may want to get the real insight versus what the media is telling, you, telling us. I would love to have you back on, but any thought, anything you want to share, please share it at this time. I mean,
2: I think at the end of the day that's
0: – and people say I speak
2: from this from, from, a, from the wrong perspective. I've been unbelievably poor. I've been unbelievably blessed. Money doesn't matter the way people think it does. If you have a roof over your head, food in your stomach and one or two people who love you in a relationship with God, you pretty much so have everything. And nine times out of ten, when people chase this elusive wealth and this elusive money, when they get there, they find out that it doesn't really fix anything that's already broken, right? So it becomes this thing that we can externalize and blame. If I had a million dollars, life would be great. If I had success, life would be great. I mean, there's a hardship not having money, but you can't risk money that's important to you in exchange for the possibility of having wealth. But if you focus on excellence and you focus on being the best that you can do, regardless of what that is, ultimately money becomes a byproduct of that.
5: uh, Because success,
2: success will breed money, right? So my focus is not, to make money it's never been to make money my my focus is to be the best at what i can do at this particular given point and you know i tell the i tell the tale of two very dear friends of mine both named john ironically um one of them his dream in life was to be a pipe fitter in the union he did that he bought his house when he was 19 he paid it off when he was 49 he has a 401k an annuity a pension fund the whole bit in my mind, he's extraordinarily successful, right? Because he wanted to have excellence and it gave him a life. The other John is probably net about a billion dollars and probably the biggest rock star in the world, John Bon Jovi, who I've known and worked with since he's 16 years old. His goal was to be excellent at what he did. And they both fulfilled that mission without thinking about money, just thinking about excellence. So regardless of what you want to do in life, if your real focus is excelling at it and mastering it and being the best you could be, ultimately money is going to find you because money always, always finds excellence. Money doesn't find mediocrity. And that's an important I love it. That's a great way to close
0: us out. Great way to close us out. We'll see you all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Thank all the three of you very much for this great show.
3: Oh, we got we got to get Jack on back on here to talk more about the glam rock days and and some of the stuff he's done in R, R-, R-, R- and <laughs> Come on, man! It's like I didn't even know how no, me the, and
0: Michael are, are big, big, big music lovers. Just to throw it out to you, we are heavy in the music game as far as I mean. As you know, it, fair, it was a very strange.
2: Know. It was a strange, strange transition, right? Because I was a songwriter and record producer in the '80s, and right. I retired. I retired in '88. Right, And I had no intention of ever working again I was done, I was fine And by sheer accident Somebody came to me and they asked for advice And I said, okay, here's my advice He says, no, you have to be my partner I said, I'm not going to be your fucking partner I'm retired (laughs) And he literally looked me in the eye Literally looked me in the eye And said, you see all this you have, your house, everything I said, yeah, he goes, I have nothing You need to help me get it
5: I was like, oh, fuck All right
2: Wow. So we partnered up and, wow. uh, and by wow. sheer accident, you know, it led to, we first started managing writers and producers, and then it led to, you know, Indy Iree and, you know, Boys II Men yep. and Scarface and, you know, the, the, the whole nine. And each time in my career, when I felt that I hit the apex, right. Um, I just stopped, you know, when I took India from zero to 60, I knew the only place was backwards, right? So I wasn't going to replicate that again.
5: Just right? So I just so y'all
0: know, just so you just so everybody's clear, um, the podcasters are yeah. catching what we're doing because it's the only way I can let y'all feel on the air. So I don't want to make sure you, you know, you are. You don't think you're not off air, just in that sense. No. Um the people online no. can't hear you right well. now, but the podcasters are catching this. It's no problem. I just want to make sure y'all are aware. Yeah,
2: I mean, I just you know, I was blessed and fortunate. I mean, when I started with John. You know, neither one of us could have remotely guessed what would happen. Um, the objective, when Slippery When Wet was done, John was praying it went gold so he could keep his record deal. Wow! That was literally wow. the objective. Um, and we all wow. live in the same. We all live in the same area. Me, John, and Bruce all are all neighbors. And uh, actually, where I live is nice. like Junior Wa- Where I live is Junior Wall Street. There's all Goldman Sachs guys here,
3: and you know, just it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I know when you said yeah. you're clearing through GS, I was like, yeah, you're probably living living close anyway, so <laughs> you got the relationship. Yeah, well,
2: we have a, we have a ferry from my town directly to Wall Street.
3: Love it. So I, I'd say wow. about
2: I'd say a good eighty percent of the people who live in this area, were well, you know, Governor Murphy, that clown's a GS guy.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you know, so it's. It was a strange journey, man. I mean, you know, going from a hair metal songwriter, producer to an urban manager
0: was like nobody could have figured that one out. You
5: know? right. that was like, nah. What?
2: <laughs>
0: how did that happen? Yeah, we gotta figure out and how to get yeah, you're right, Michael. We gotta figure out how to make this into a show.
5: I we told will you. though. No, and then yeah, you know
2: well. <laughs> went from that into the into when uh when Guy Hands bought EMI, I became the consultant for terra firma, so that didn't make any sense either. Right. So that was like what wow. I so uh, most of this journey has been just these extraordinary blessings that have been allowed to happen. Um, I don't know why, but that's why I you know, I feel the need to pay it forward every day. And you know, even with trading, I mean none of this was <laughs> my goal, God's honest truth,
5: um, was to get a bathtub.
2: Right, right. When my, when my daughter was wow, born. Wow, because you had, you was,
5: had been there for. Yeah, wow.
2: Well, when my daughter was born, it was me, my mother, my father, my wife, my daughter, and my sister in a four room apartment. My mother and sister had one bedroom. My daughter and wife had the other bedroom. My father and I had army cots in the living room. We had a shower stall, so all my daughter's baby pictures were her taking a bath in a kitchen sink. So the goal. Of, <laughs> Was to get a bathtub Right It was a
0: bathtub Yep and, no, no, I, believe you know, no, I know I believe it I
2: believe it 37 years later yeah. I live in a 22 room house With nine baths So a, <laughs> So um, yeah. I'm aware Of how blessed that is You know I'm completely aware yeah. That it You know Was God's will More than my own um, Yes And what hurts me And bothers me Is I wish I could make Everybody win Right. I wish I could make everybody mm-hmm. win. I can't. You know, yes. So the people I the people I can touch, I do. You know, and that's when I had became successful. I had called my mentor up, and said, "What could I do for you?" He said, "You want to do something for me?" I said, "Anything you want." He said, "Spread your success around. Take care of other people." I said, "Okay, wow. I got it." So you know, it's just stuff. I mean, you know, I've been I've been through some serious trenches. You know, it's like uh, not quite sure how it all happened, but it it happened. And I remember uh, being at the MTV Awards with somebody, or VH1 Awards, or somebody, and it might have been maybe R.L. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that was an adventure, <laughs> or you know, it wasn't Teddy Riley. It was somebody, and right. one of my one of my. Uh, hair metal friend said, what are you doing here?
5: And I said,
2: like, I, <laughs> I manage all these people. He looked at me like, what?
5: Yeah. And I,
2: I'd, I I'd get like, you know, the be like, kid, you know that Bon Jovi
0: guy, huh?
5: I'd be like, I like, yeah, face. I'm Scarface go is bon my favorite,
0: him and Jay-Z are my favorite rappers. So it's like, this Dude. is oh, so dope.
2: Managing, managing, I got,
0: and I, I, I got to meet him because I, 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 I I, I dabbled in the music industry for about three years here in Atlanta, just trying to get in. So I was definitely an outsider, and um, I, I love. And I, face I, I to managed to so like.
2: I love Face to Death. I met him because I managed N.O. Joe Johnson, and uh, who did all the rap stuff,
0: right? Like oh, yeah, he, yeah, he, he had had the, yeah, abduction. You know Johnson, absolutely. You N.O. Know, Joe, absolutely.
2: So like you know, fifteen years <laughs> or ten years later, eleven years later, after I retired from management, Face calls me up and says, "Kid, I want you to manage me again." I said, Face, you still didn't pay me commission from the first time. And he <laughs> said,
5: <says,
2: laughs> Why you got to bring that up?
5: <laughs> yeah, why like, you got to bring them all this up? <laughs>
2: like, you can't right. not love Face because he's just fantastic. You know, he's yeah. just. So, so I never made a dime managing face,
0: but it's okay because he's great. <laughs> you know, he's
5: just always yeah, so Yeah,
0: Yeah, and, and what I was saying real quickly was. Um, i managed um, this music store again. I was just trying to break in whatever level I could or whatever. And I was trying to break in at the time where the music industry was going down, CDs were going down and stuff like that. So I never really got all the way in. But we would have all these in-stores with all these big artists. And as much as I love music, I never was like a a, a a fandom, if you would, or whatever. I'd just meet them and say, what's up, keep it moving. But I was so glad I got to meet Space uh, prior, right before this pandemic hit, and that was the only person I ever wanted to meet. So, so it's dope to hear that you, you managed him, and like you said, he's just such a good, he's just such a good dude. He's just a great guy. I mean, you know, same thing. You know, as
2: yeah. co-managing Royce Five Nine, you know, I mean, that didn't make mm-hmm. any sense either. Oh, so
3: you managed Royce <clears throat>
2: Five Nine too? With Keno, yeah. That's wow.
3: That's wow.
2: Like actually,
3: there, there, there's I've a. Got uh, no, go ahead.
2: Royce spit out a a verse, he said, uh, none of you can see me like Jack Ponte because my entire career I refused to take meetings. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'd send somebody else <laughs> up.
3: I'm
2: like, I'm like, I love it. I'm like, no, there's no reason for me to come to New York and sit in your fucking office.
3: Right? Exactly.
2: We, we can do it. You're a trader. I will tell you,
3: you're, tra- you're a trader, hard, hard, you're hard and soul, you're a trader. My God, you're a traitor. Because I mean, there's a lot of little little isms I hear I'm like, yeah, same, 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 same
2: Listen, I I look back on the whole thing I wrote a memoir, which I haven't released yet Which is actually uh, called Surrounded by a wall of assholes My life in the music business Um, (laughs) and, And When I was writing it You know, it was so cathartic Because I said If I had to do this all over again There's no way on the face of the planet I would have done this
5: Right, Because every single
2: thing that happened was, regardless of the fact that I knew exactly what I was doing, right, everything that happened happened because of accident and circumstance Boom. and timing.
5: Yes. yes mm-hmm. and, the
2: in- <laughs> and the entire journey, I mean, you know, when I met John, John was playing in a cover band. And my manager at the time said, I want you to come see this kid. And I said, he's in a cover band. I don't want him to see a cover Wait, band. Wait,
3: you met Don Bon Jovi in a cover band?
2: John was in a Springsteen Southside Johnny tribute band. <laughs>
3: wow. Yeah. And well, I, I said, told you, you got to get a show on this, man. Yeah,
0: we, yeah, we got to yeah, come up with an angle. We'll definitely figure out an angle. And yeah. I, may, I may do this yeah. one of our thoughtful rants, because cause I let, J- I let yeah. Jack hear the thoughtful rant you and Billy did and so maybe we could just do something where it's random and it don't have to be a topic, you know what I mean? But go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead, um, John. We
2: could run about all
0: kinds Talk about of
2: shit, you, know? so you know, so that was an you Yeah, yeah, accident, yeah, we
0: do, yeah, let's right? do a rant, let's do a rant, let's you know, do a rant, me, let's do a rant. Know,
2: meeting him was, that was a complete accident.
0: You know, the management
2: thing was a complete accident. Um, I mean, the irony of that was my sister and my daughter were in Atlantic City, and... The Atlantic City semi-pro basketball team, for some apparently unknown reason, R. Kelly would play on it. And there was, and there was this guy that my sister became friends with, and he said, R. Kelly wants them to sign my band. And my sister said, well, my brother was in the music business. You could talk to him. And that was the guy I told you who asked me to be his partner. And I was like, "Right, maybe this guy's full of shit. So I call, I call up Iavine and I said, is R. Kelly going to sign this band? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, shit, the guy's not lying, right? <laughs> so, wow. You know, okay, fine. So R. Kelly signs the band, um, signs this other kid. It was at the height of, like, Sync. So this was mm-hmm. like, I still have the record. It's unreleased. It's R. Kelly's version of NSYNC. Unbelievable. I mean, just remarkable. Wow. The most ridiculous
0: thing you've ever heard in your life, never released. And
5: wow! So that's how you
0: know that was. An hey, accident. let me. I gotta. I gotta end this broadcast, y'all, because it's gonna be. It's gonna look like a, it's gonna be people gonna see how long it is. They don't afford it just because it looks so long. So let me go ahead and end this. Right, y'all. right. But yeah, uh, but yeah. we'll definitely get together and do a rant where we, you know, oh. no rhyme or reason to the for rant. So we can talk about whatever. So we'll figure that out in the future. But thank you so much, uh, Jack, for getting on um, this week with us. And, Michael, thank you as always. Thank you, brother, for um, looking out.
3: Absolutely. Jack, Jack right. has been a pleasure, uh, man. We'll,
5: this, this is a pleasure yeah, and pleasure.
2: Get, so. get in touch with me anytime you want, Michael. I'm, I'm reachable. We'll, we'll
5: do.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, All right, man. Talk to you yeah, guys yeah, later. Yeah. Be good.
5: All right. All right. Take care. All right. Thank Bye. you very
2: much.